You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. everybody take a take a deep breath in what do you smell jordan what do you smell i smell sulfur Mm. mike the sweet smell of satan sweet i mean it is i was gonna say it's starting to smell like fall but i mean you guys are just going right to the core of what we're going to talk about today which is satanic hispanics a anthology film coming out. It actually looks like it's coming in theaters, so good for it. Nothing ever comes out in theaters anymore, especially, you know, schlocky horror. And also, if you hear the title Satanic Hispanics, you're thinking, oh, great, so it's an Art Dinesh D'Souza documentary. No, that's the show. I thought it was Pure Flicks. Yes, it says a Pure Flicks original, Satanic Hispanics. Oh, that explains David A.R. White being in it. Satanic Hispanics, as the title implies, uh, has a lot of Hispanics in it. And what's great about this film, and, you know, it sucks that we have to say this, but it's directed, written, and mostly everybody behind the camera uh, and in front of it are of Hispanic descent. We, we probably should have gotten someone like uh, Spire Mike or Marco on this thing. We are three very pasty white people. Yes, I mean, I still got my tan from the summer right now, but I will be pasty in a couple weeks. I grew up in the Catholic Church in the Deep South, so I had a so I was surrounded by plentiful Hispanic people. Either way, like growing up, like I, there was one Mexican kid in my grade school. I, I went to Catholic school as well. Oh yeah, no, my, my best know, friend in high school is Hispanic. I didn't really, you know, meet gay people or at least openly uh, out gay people and Hispanics, basically anything but waspy Catholic people. So I always try to, especially with horror, because it's Jordan, I know, and Mike, uh, we tend to roll together on these horror films. I really try to sign up for horror uh, done by anything other than white people, because let's face it, white people, 
they've had it pretty good for a while. And also, look, we, we also tend to mostly talk about like thinly veiled uh, metaphors for abusive, narcissistic parents. I just look at look at Ari Aster's oeuvre, and I say that with love. I love Ari Aster, but getting back to the film, five different stories, five different directors, writers, cast, crew. You know, I, 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 Jordan, I feel like you and I have done a few anthologies together, probably with Luane. Um, I'm always a sucker for a horror anthology. Like I, I feel. Oh, same. Uh, uh, yeah, and we've talked about this before. Like, out of all the genres, I feel like it's the easiest to make short stories for because short, bite-sized, scary anything, very easy to digest. It's like, um, what's that document? Or not the Why am I saying documentary? What it's an anthology? What's that anthology movie that came out a couple years ago where it was all women directors? Uh, let me look in the background see if I can find it. But I know what you're talking about. But I will say, like, yeah, having written for a couple of uh, little public, you know, small published a- anthology books, it absolutely is like I, like I got my own copies of the books, not just so I can have, you know, copies of my own. But it's like I want to see what everyone else did. It's exciting to see what we could all uh gleam from the same subject matter or genre and what i absolutely loved about satanic hispanics was was the diversity not just the cast but the diversity of stories because it we we go all over the fucking place and i will say the two stories i did find myself being very entertained by were the two slightly more comedic ones, which was the one with the vampire, yeah, wh- <laughs> yeah which yeah, was directed yeah, by the, the co-director vamp- of the the Bladder Witch Project. Oh, what? okay, okay, so they can do something I like. Yeah, I know, right? Cool. <laughs> Come at me, bitches! I <laughs> I think I think everyone, one of us, on that hates the original Blair Witch, unless I'm mistaken. I know Chris uh, it was our fan. Also, the final story, Malcolm. Uh, in, in which, in which Jonah Twitter. has to escape from Moon Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jonah, yeah, jo- yeah. Jonah Ray in a movie that the bots are coming absolutely- with me, Kinga. Okay, here's why I love the Malcolm segment. One, Jonah Ray in a in a move in a small movie that would essentially be great material for MST3K. Exactly, I was thinking two, the same thing. Two, demonic possession, and three. It's absolutely such a queer fucking story because you have uh, demons coming and giving dudes like the best fucking orgasms of their life. And also trans actress Morgana Ignis, who play who herself is best known for playing the demon Sally Mae in the web series Hell of a Boss. And also your ancient weapon is a giant fucking wooden dildo. Which I totally saw it coming. Like you can see it coming, the way that story builds up into oh, I'm sure a lot what of it's going to be. Did. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't wait till it got back to because that was a flashback scene to see where the the dick came from. But Jordan, I do agree with you. I, you know, my horror when I make it always tries to have some levity and some comedy to it. Uh, I uh, yeah, I always I always find it's a nice mix, at least for my art. Oh yeah, and. To mention the to mention a little more of the vampire, I like it for how sitcommy it is in a good way because it kind of does 
Yeah, it does have like a bit of a basic sitcom plot. It feels like a meanwhile subplot thing on like what we do in the shadows or something like that. Yeah, and it's shot more. It feels more TV than film. The way it's shot, um, I think. Which I makes think sense it has the, the director. Look. <laughs> I'm not too familiar with the director. Blair Witch. Oh, that is the Blair Witch director. Oh, right. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, by the way, the all-female all anthology, real quick, Jordan, sorry. The all-female anthology film I think you're talking about is Double X. Oh, okay, that's what's going on. Okay, I knew it had X's in it. Yeah, XX. Anyway, yeah, sorry, Jordan. As much, as much as you brought up uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is a brilliant show, it kind of gave me, it kind of made me think a little bit more of a blend of, you know, Simpsons, King of Queens, because it's like, really, that vampire nailed that 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 piece what the fuck well and the vampire and it's it's used as a plot device but like he nags yeah. her you know and he he's like that typical tv husband like oh my wife am i right yeah it, it is ostensibly kevin james as a vampire <laughs> yeah 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 what was your uh least favorite uh story uh, the one that mostly took place in the woods kind of didn't really hold my attention nearly as well. Like it started off with like with that the house and they're in like a forest or something like that. And there's a what's yeah, after type the Nehas because the, uh, they're dealing with a lot of folk horror uh, in these as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like there's, there's a whole wraparound segment where it's it's Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite and Greg Grunberg and this character actress I've seen pop up in a number of things. And these two cops are interrogating Pedro, who you know things have gone rough since running uh, as class president at uh, Preston Idaho High School. I think they're well made wraparounds, but the thing is that, that does kind of you, you props. I think that the film's great strength and great weakness. Yeah, it's totally all over the place, but with that that bri- that bridging overarching thing, it kind of makes the film. Kind kind of tonally inconsistent to the point where there's sometimes whiplash. Like there's a segment that ends with like a, like a sick, I'm like, da, 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 da. And then just cuts to like stark, like interrogation room, complete silence and like over dramatic acting. Like that's what happened. And I, I, I think that's kind of a, a, a weakness the film has. Um, even though I, I, I that's the thing with when you take on an anthology, it, you know, it, it, you have to worry about tone. And I think where um, some anthologies like Parish to Tame or ABCs of Death or something that would have more effectiveness is without the, the things bridging it together like that, like as if it's supposed to tell one big story. Because, <laughs> yeah, the, the tones are kind of inconsistent, in my opinion. I will say some of the transitions between the uh narrative device and the stories is inconsistent i will say i do like the wraparound which is the traveler especially like honestly it had a really fucking bitching ending like it just it it, it was essentially hey jordan here's a few hundred uh here's a few thousand bucks and you get a high speed camera yeah it's like it's like I get to play with all the fun equipment like I did back in film school uh, is essentially what it would have been. My least favorite was the uh, Nalis and apologies to the Hispanic audience if I mispronounced that badly. But it was just at least interesting. But you kind of got confused at first, like what the hell the story is. I will give it credit for being absolutely gory as fuck. The effects in it are great. I just wasn't that too narratively sucked in whereas the first story that's brought up i saw it too i was very intrigued by because it has a great story and it was also trippy as 
fuck. It reminded me of, um, I forget the name of it. There was a Spanish language horror movie that I watched at Chris Cox's house one time that was genuinely creepy as shit. It, it kind of reminded me totally of that. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but it's something that was on Shudder. Overall, I, I, I dug this movie. I think some movies had different budgets than others or didn't use them as well or had i don't know i i I felt especially that last one like i like the way it ended like the like you said the wraparound jordan it's really good to go back to it even though it like feels like sometimes we're going into a hard stop back into it but the end of it you know you kind of know what eventually is going to happen which was cool i just felt like a more competent action director could have made that look a little better because just a lot of like wide and medium shots and slow motion of just, you know, cops either shooting other people or shooting themselves, whatever felt like just John wick, but like the D plus version of it. And not to say it, it has to be that, but I, I felt like it just needed a little bit more judge to the cinematography to really sell it. No, I feel you. I mean, yeah, the, tr- the, the 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 tonal transitions between our main segment and our interstitial stories, again, like, almost, with almost any anthology visual project, you're that's almost immediately going to be the one underlying problem, is how well can you, how seamlessly can you transition each of these stories in and out of each other? And unfortunately, with such a broad, uh, you know, subject as horror, you're going to have some tonal inconsistencies. Mm -hmm. VHS does a good job of creating a a nice uh, wraparound, but it's not like in those movies, the the wraparound isn't like another story because this is technically five different stories, but it's one story with four stories inside of it. So it's like a turducken of stories. So, and I, and I think that it, it doesn't hurt the film. It just makes it harder to go back and forth. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I'm all for it having all kinds of tones to it. Otherwise, like if you're not showing like a whole bunch of tones and perspectives, are you really showing a lot of a diversity in the, this perspective? I'm all for it. Again, I, I love, I, I do love an anthology film that's done well. I, again, I have one movie I really love that I, I haven't thought about in a long time until recently, uh, Parish of Tam, which is not a horror film, but I think it, it did do a very good job balancing all kinds of tones all over the place. It, and the wraparound is just like, oh, this is, this is Paris, you know? Um, it doesn't even need to do anything like that to succeed but i like i don't know what you would do to uh improve it or make it feel more consistent um with with the wraparound that it has and i will say anthologies are great storytelling devices Mm -hmm. great short stories and also giving some emerging talents you know a fair shot you know a fair shot and i feel like this absolutely did it well uh i'm like I said, even with my least favorite story of this, I was still captivated by it a little visually because because, uh, again, the effects work and just how bloody and just gory as fuck it got. Held my attention while I may have gravitated more towards the more comedic stories, including the one with a queer bent. Go figure. I found myself really enjoying this. I, this was a fun anthology film and also it doesn't overstay its welcome this each story is a nice good length hey yo no one's overstaying their welcome or not staying around too long 
acting's great. Actually, I think the mo the best acted one is the first story. I saw it too because it's essentially a it's essentially a one man piece for the majority of it. And and again, it's trippy as hell. And the ending, I was just like, oh, okay, that's that's really good. But yeah, great acting overall and a great showcase for uh, a bunch of Hispanic talents that I hope get their due diligence and day in the sun. So I'm going to I'm going to highly recommend this. I'm going to give it eight out of ten uh, Rosemary's that I had to have myself growing up Catholic. I mostly like the sing. Um, the individual segments for the most part work. I just feel like the wraparound um yeah, it's it's well educated or well well executed enough on its own. Uh, it just feels kind of unfortunately unfortunately feels like it's unfocused in the grand scheme of things. I, I do like a lot of these short anthologies. I, I think it's a great way to just have a lot of directors come out there and show their their talent. Um, I always like it when they work well. Um, it just I, I again I don't really know what the solution would be to fix it. You know, I mean the, the, with their, how everything's done, how how well everything's done, how well it's acted, how well it's very clearly well put together it's just the, the tone just feels all over the place and that's the one thing i just can't really wrap my head around but overall it's a lot of fun and i think and i i'd be it'd be very interesting to hear you know from our latino and latina listeners or even our own critics in our own circle uh, what they think of it I, i'd be very much very interested in their perspective but um just as as a horror fan um i i thought it was fun i might watch it again as part of a usual halloween rotation or at least my october rotation um it's it's worth watching. You, you're you're it, it it's it's it doesn't wear out. It's welcome, like like Jordan said. I don't know what I would have done better, but uh, right now I think I just want. I'm just gonna give it uh, six and a half out of ten. Uh, blood drenched. Uh, vote for Pedro shirts. I liked it. Uh, my biggest gripe is that it's it just doesn't flow narratively between the other stories and the main through line story. It has a lot going for it, and I don't think that should just be like, ah, it's a piece of shit movie. It's definitely worth your time. It's got some really cool practical and uh, uh, VFX. It's getting me hyped up now that it's getting fall. And, you know, I already like have horror movies running 24 seven in my garage. Like now I'm getting into like, all right, I'm starting to feel it's that time of season to just start watching some really cool shit. So this is a good way to start it off. Uh, we'll go eight out of ten. Uh, Greg Grunberg's like, what? 